Hold on to your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Whoa, it's us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Jay Park. As it says at the very beginning of the show, folks, well, you need to hold on to your butt because we've got a debate tonight. Not here in the studio. Frisco Riverstone and I are just going to talk about other people debating. Hey, everybody. Now we might actually uh, might actually debate. Who knows? Maybe we'll find a point of disagreement. But uh, and there's a rumor going around, Frisco, that you're not even a real person. That I'm just doing a voice. When you talk, really? Yes. So kind of like a like a ventriloquist type situation. Exactly. Oh, I like that. I'm a puppet. <laughs> no, I'm very real. Yeah. Very very real. Yeah, I couldn't be that good at it. I would say uh, look me up on Twitter, but I'm banned, and uh, so you can't find me there. But <laughs> you got to get back on social media. There are new things going on. I think so. I think so. I keep. Um, I do. Uh, I do have a, a business, and sometimes I get on that that particular social media, and I can kind of uh, look at. Kind of look around at some of the uh, what is it called that the Montgomery Uncut, you know, just yeah, just the, the the trash like the train wrecks and the dumpster fires and stuff like that. Exactly, so exactly. I keep an eye on like Lunch in the Gump and stuff like that every now and then. Yeah, I, I'm trying to get more tuned to local. There's a good page now called Three Three Four News. They post a lot actually, of yeah, stuff. yeah. Uh, uh, during the election, they were uh, live streaming a lot of the I think the debates and and then the the watch parties and stuff right, like that. Yeah. So, well, and of course we have that coming up in the city. Uh, the runoff race with the mayor between Stephen Reed and David Woods. That should be interesting. And things going on with, you know, people questioning the well, their confidence was shaken with how long it took to get returns. Now, that, that was strange. Now, I know you had, uh, well, well, you had Michael Fritz and Charlotte Meadows both on, mm-hmm. um, and both both friends of mine and, and yours, really. Yeah. Um, so, uh, that was strange, though, that... How long it took to get that I, I stayed up, uh, I think I stayed up till, like, 10-ish, because I wake up about 4.35 in the morning, so right. I stayed up till, like, 10, waiting to kind of see, because uh, that was an important race for me, and uh, I went to bed. I was just... I had to wake up in the morning to kind of figure that one out. So I don't know why that took so long, and I've heard all the different uh, reasonings behind that. But this this right. this election coming up, I think uh, a lot of eyes are on. Um, I think they're actually sending out you know some scouts to keep an eye on everything. And well, and as important as it is who the president is, as important as it is who your senator or representative or the Supreme Court justices or the Supreme Court justice, the head justice of the Alabama Supreme Court, blah, 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 blah. I mean, it's real important that we have Jim Ziegler there as auditor. Yes. It's all important, <laughs> folks. But I think the mayor and also how much your vote affects who will be mayor 
is much more important to you in the sense that you have more power to affect yeah, what absolutely. happens right here in the city as opposed to the nation as a whole. Yeah, you're, I mean, you're talking about hundreds of millions of votes for president, and then you're now talking about, you know, I don't know, tens, twenties, thousands for mayor. So, mm -hmm. you know, your vote really is uh, is... is it's pretty strong when it comes to something like that. You know, and I've had a lot of ideas um, over the last two years of doing this program, eight years of doing talk radio. And one thing I've, I've been working on, I just haven't put it into practice. It's a bad habit. A lot of ideas, but I need to have more concentrated efforts in I'm actually. slowly mastering that. Exactly. You know, it's a learning process. Is a true form for the city. Not in the sense that it's always official around election time, but bring in leaders from the city and just have a conversation about what they are doing without any you know big agenda it doesn't have to sure. be just a, a push about some event coming up so i want to talk to thought leaders so to speak in the city sure. whether it's professors teaching young minds over at aum or at alabama state or at faulkner university or huntington whether it's all sorts I'm, of pastors and ministers you could call them city. real life influencers you know yeah. we got we got instagram influencers i kind of look at them as like re right. these are these are these are real um uh, life influencers Influencers. And, you know, I was actually, I was pleased with some of the um, the city council results. I think that there was a few in there that I've watched uh, kind of grow into city leaders and to see them become elected was pretty cool. Who was uh, McInnes? Yeah, Clay, um, that sp Clay. specifically Clay, yeah. So, I've, I've only, I don't know him very well. I've met him, I think, once or twice. But what a talented young guy. He's just so on top of it. Well, I think Clay, uh, I, I followed his campaign quite closely. I don't live in his district, but I'm very familiar with him through the the downtown business business association and um kind of as a young entrepreneur myself uh i've gone to him for you know just questions and things and he's always just been a big help and then he turns around and he's helping someone else and then turning around and, and this is before he ran for anything right. I mean, this is just kind of the guy he is right so then i started watching his campaign and just the grassroots the door-to-door -door, you know he had on the safari hat and it was like 100 degrees out and <laughs> he was handing out hot dogs in the neighborhood and <laughs> it was just one of those things that it was really it was it was it was very American, and it was kind of cool because it was it's how it should be, and he was really connecting, and I think that, um, well, obviously, it, it paid off for well, him. And I think sometimes we take for uh, granted, or what we could call, it's it's not usually the language you use, but a true open primary. And where I'm getting this from, folks, is I listened to an interview with a guy named Daniel Hannon. He was one of the big Brexiteers. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think he was in the European Parliament. And Daniel Hannon, he's a not only a Brexiteer, he was a big classical liberal, uh, free marketer, free trader. I love the way this guy thinks and how he defends our ancient liberties and traditions coming from the British common law tradition, just the Western tradition in general. And he said the one thing he really enjoys watching and that he just cherishes about America, and, and who doesn't love this? When you get an outside perspective that still you can, they speak the same language, obviously yeah, yeah, cultural yeah. differences, but to see... You know, this is where we came from. What does a guy in jolly old England think about the United States? Always a cool perspective. And he said Americans should really cherish the idea that anybody on the street, whether even if it's a joke to some people, anybody on the street can apply and can sign up and become a candidate for almost any office in the land. Yeah. There's some age requirements, you know, basic citizenship requirements, these sorts of things. But there's no control in an overt legal way, uh, in the same way of a parliamentary system, where the party controls who has access. Yes. Now, there's some of that. 
the two parties, Republicans and Democrats, control a lot. Sure, but we've also seen, uh, you know, in, including recently, we've also seen, you know, breakaway candidates that not necessarily fit that mold of a Republican or Democrat. Right, and um, the President of the United States does not fit that mold. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> prime example, prime example. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's go to the figurehead himself. And it's a, a testament to who we are. It doesn't always work. Sometimes you get a joke candidate. Sometimes somebody yeah. gets into office, you're like, oh, I wish we we didn't have that. But it largely allows for new blood to come in and allows for new ideas to come in. The perfect example, and I don't mean this as a generational fight, but I don't know where this anti-vaping hysteria is coming from. Like, it seems so... I don't vape, let's be clear. Yeah. I've tried it before, but I don't vape on the reg. I don't regularly vape. It's not a habit of mine. I still do smokeless tobacco. I need to stop that, yeah, by the way. Yeah, we it's, talked about that. It's nasty. <laughs> it's nasty. I know it's nasty to me. You didn't have to, to tell everybody. They, they, didn't, they don't see you. Right, but it's nasty to me, so I know it's nasty to other people. <laughs> you know, that's the one yeah, thing. Yeah, me tried that once, Boy Scout camp, back in the, <laughs> let's see, early 90s. Uh, threw up in the woods and right. had to go to the nurse and no more chewing tobacco for me. Well, and, like, I know because I'm still addicted to nicotine is incredibly addicted. I've stopped yeah. for two months last year. I really did. When I was ranting and raving and calling people all sorts of names on this show. <laughs> that was like, what, That's what happened? <laughs> yeah. I told folks I'm quitting, <laughs> and so I'm going to be really rude for about a week or two. And I was, but I tried to have it, you know, in the spirit sure. of good fun. And what happened is I got over the chemical hook, and the psychological hook got me. I went on a long car ride with my brother. And there's something about being in the car for yeah. two, three plus hours. I'm like, mm, I really want some tobacco. There's some of that nervous tick. I, again, was over the chemical hook. It only took me like a week. So I need to do that again before a sober October because I'm a basic bro. It's, it's, yeah, I'm a <laughs> sober, sober October. I'm definitely a sober October guy. Hey, man, I'm telling you, the sauna, getting a sauna for three days, just three days. Yeah. And, and I, it. Sweat it out? Sweat it all out. Yeah. yeah get, get the toxins out. But it's. Uh, you know, a good tool to getting off nicotine, I'm more of a cold turkey guy because I know my personality. Yeah. But a good tool for getting off nicotine is vaping. It's been successful for millions of adults in this country. Yeah. It has been, I, I think, a booming market. So it's not only helping people quit something that kills them. And again, I'm playing with fire here with this smokeless tobacco, with this... I use grizzly wintergreen pouches. Sound like my great-grandmother from Mississippi. Right. <laughs> she used to chew. Well, I could ask the big boss, can we get a spittoon up here? Like, <laughs> like if you go to the old halls of Congress that are now essentially museums up in the Capitol, yeah. all these like brass spittoons are sitting by all the chairs of the old Senate <laughs> and House. It's pretty funny stuff. So the country's built on tobacco, still a big industry, but there's this new burgeoning industry that's helping people quit this dangerous stuff. It's also making people money, offering entrepreneurs all sorts of opportunities. Yeah, yeah. And now, almost out of nowhere, because the number of people that have died reportedly from vaping is six. So let me let me let me pause you there. So I uh, like I told you before the show started, I've been out of the loop lately. I've been working on all kinds of stuff, but I did catch the map on the news, mm -hmm. and then it showed the states where someone died, and it was it was all spread out. You know, it was it was pretty much, you know, throughout the Midwest up to the East Coast and the West Coast, and someone had died in all these, and and it was almost kind of like a little hysteria there. Mm -hmm. um, but 
Six people have died. But I, I haven't really, and and maybe it's out there, but I haven't really gotten into the science behind the death and what is, are we getting water on the lungs? What's actually happening here? What I think and what people are, are pinpointing, and I'll pull up an article here, Reason.com did a survey of all sorts of public health officials, people that hold government jobs around the world in developed countries on their opinion about the vaping hysteria. And that's the right word. It's over-the-top hysteria. Because this stuff I have in my mouth right now, this smokeless tobacco, that killed... I am playing with fire, like I said before. Sure. Other countries, like in England and whatnot, they are pushing vaping to help people quit. The government here, now literally out of admitted ignorance, we don't really know what's causing this, we're going to suggest... Adults stop vaping, even though they've been vaping for 10 years without this outbreak. And we're going to try to ban all flavored vapes. It's just going to have to be nasty, nasty tobacco. I guess flavor. that's a, the students to steer the students away from, you know, bu- that's the idea. By students, I mean children. Yeah, 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 yeah to yeah. save the children. But that, I, I'm all for protecting kids. Kids, uh, I think, have to grow up pretty fast these days. Sure. So I'm all for protecting kids, especially from things that could have long-run consequences as they're developing. It's why, for instance, I'm for the legalization of cannabis, of marijuana. But I will say, where science has gone, do not do this stuff before your brain develops. Absolutely. Because it does affect you. If you smoke marijuana regularly before 25, you're messing with your brain. It's no doubt about it. If you're 30... If you do it every day, you're probably still messing with your well, mood and, that, and stuff. And that's but, any kind of chem. I mean, alcohol right. as well. I think that, you know, people who heavily drink uh, in their early 20s, I mean, there there have been studies that show it links to some, you know, minor depression right. later on in their 20s. Um, so you got to, everything has a cost to it and you should be responsible for what you put in your body. But uh, reason.com, uh, uh, this is written up by Guy Bentley. Um, from the Reason Foundation, the headline is Separating Fact from Fiction on Vaping, E-Cigarettes, and Lung Illnesses. In August, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention began investigating reports of severe respiratory problems appearing to stem from the vaping of unknown substances. There are now more than 450 such cases, and six deaths have reportedly been associated with vaping. Now, while vaping is often characterized as the common association in these cases, it should be understood that vaping is a process, not a product. The vapor from e-cigarettes is produced using a heating element that turns the e-liquid contained in the cartridge, tank, or pod into a vapor. The level of risk posed to the user lies in the substances that are being vaped rather than the process itself. Tobacco cigarettes contain... Regular cigarettes contain more than 7,000 chemicals. E-cigarettes have a fraction of this number and in dramatically lower concentrations. E-cigarettes are around 95% safer than combustible cigarettes and are the most popular and effective tool to quit smoking. Nicotine-containing e-cigarettes have been available in developed markets such as the U.S. and the U.K. for well over a decade, with tens of millions of users. The U.K. government actively promotes vaping as a route to smoking cessation. According to modeling conducted by David Levy and colleagues at Georgetown University Medical Center, replacement of cigarette with e-cigarettes over a 10-year period would yield 6.6 million fewer Premature deaths, with 86.7 million fewer lives 
uh, life years lost. That's amazing. So to me, it's sounding like, uh, okay, we're taking a step in the right direction. I mean, we're going from smoking cigarettes to vaping. Right. I mean... Well, and this is the sort of innovation and preventive health I like. Sure, sure. It's my same thought on things like climate change. We're not... the. Solution should not be a bunch of political chest beating and vaunting, and we're going to solve this problem because we know better. I was smart enough never to do tobacco, so we're just going to ban it for people. Same way I'm smart enough to know that fossil fuels are ruining the planet, we're just going to ban it. Even though, for instance, the introduction, heavy introduction of fossil fuels reduced pollution because yeah, we burned yeah. less coal and wood. Yes. So there's all sorts of things. Also, fossil fuels allow us to innovate, do all sorts of things. It's all amazing study, uh, and it's just counterintuitive that they did a test in Germany, and they accounted for how much of a carbon footprint is created when you make a Tesla. Now, Tesla, how they operate completely electronic on batteries, Mm -hmm. the car operation itself is very energy renewable, no carbon footprint, blah, blah, But the actual production... Production of batteries. Oh, the bat... Yeah, those batteries. So, what happens is if you count the actual running of a Tesla, as well as the production of batteries and the overall production of making a Tesla, and you compare that to, say, a Mercedes diesel in Europe, it's a top seller... A Mercedes that runs on diesel fuel. Also accounting for the carbon footprint of producing diesel fuel. Mm -hmm. The Mercedes diesel has less of a carbon footprint than a Tesla. (laughs) Uh. Yet governments give all sorts of benefits for being renewable and blah, blah, blah to Tesla. It's like the government can't do anything right. Well, this is the same government that we're trusting with all of our tax dollars right. <laughs> and uh, to pass legislation that sometimes uh, isn't quite the best. So the solution to things like climate change is piecemeal marginal change for the better. For instance, a plant just opened up in Texas, a power production plant that runs on natural gas, but it is zero emissions because they're able to capture the released carbon back into the process. Yeah, you know, the, amazing I heard, stuff. I heard of, uh, I think it was a company in, in um, where was I at? It was in Colorado. One of the breweries was doing that. They were capturing the, the CO2 and then using it and then feeding, like, local fisheries with right. something. I mean, uh, just being, you know, ingenuitive and in, in, in coming up with those plans, I think, is way more productive than uh, paying, uh, what, are, what are these, carbon taxes? And carbon taxes. <laughs> Another study came out saying that if over several years we could plant trees in a geographic area the size of the United States, it's a pretty big geographic area, but if we could reforce the entire globe with the amount of landmass with trees the size of the United States, it would reduce carbon emissions by 25%, or it would reduce carbon in the atmosphere. It would capture it back through the, the photosynthesis, essentially. Yeah, yeah. And that, to me, sounds like a much better plan and program than a carbon tax. Here's the general point, folks, and it gets back to vaping. Whenever people run to... The shame game, the hysteria game, we must protect the children, and the only way we can do this is by government controlling people's behavior. You're probably in the wrong territory, and you're playing into the old progressive mentality that took over this country in the early 20th century. Yep, It affected both parties, and it's still with us today. I think the better solution is understanding what's going on with these deaths, with these 450 cases with vaping. What you'll probably find... It's 
illicit black market items. In particular, not nicotine, but people want to get their hands on all the new, fancy marijuana, cannabis, THC products. And so their buddy in Alabama is like, hey, I got this uh, vape canister from, Mm -hmm. like, Washington State. A buddy Mm -hmm. of mine sent it to me. Problem is, and it looks official, it's got branding and packaging. I'm sure some folks, if you've been watching the news, you've seen these. They look like you buy them in a store. But they didn't buy them in a store. No. There's not quality control checks. It's like any other case of prohibition. Instead of bathtub gin, it's now essentially bathtub vape juice. Yep. Yep, absolutely. I actually firsthand have seen, uh, may may or may not, have seen one of these pens straight out of Colorado. And it looks just like it. But there were a few default defects, and and the person that was pointing out to me, explaining that it was uh, for let me for clarification, I do not vape anything. Right. right. But I did. I was curious uh, at this particular pen, and uh, that's exactly what it was. It was filled with some sort of you know, it's it's just like these the, the fake pills that wind up the pressed pills people buy in Xanax, but it's not really a Xanax bar because it's a pressed pill for, of alprazolam that was sent in from China. Oh, good lord! Oh yeah, it's happening all the time. Well, that's how the fentanyl is getting into a lot of this stuff. Yeah. But but it's the same thing with some of these these THC pens. It's not all THC. There's all kinds of other fillers and all kinds of stuff. And while you may have a little THC and you may get that quote unquote high that you're trying to get or that nicotine buzz, there all there's all kinds of stuff like you said right. that's not even regulated. Exactly. And this is why you need a lightly regulated market that's out in the sunshine that you can go to court if somebody poisoned you. Yes. Uh, that you can have third party testing because hey. Most entrepreneurs, most people that start businesses don't want to hurt their customers. Absolutely. Like, I would say the almost like 90-something, 100%. I'm sure there's always some weirdo <laughs> who wants to hurt people. I'm but racking my brain, but... Uh... Like, there are people in the restaurant business, like, I've gotten these conversations where people are like, well, the whole reason we have healthy, clean food is because of, like, the FDA and the health code and all that. I'm like... Maybe, but... Or maybe you want to maybe just serve good, healthy, clean food. Right. Yeah. <laughs> There's a built-in motivation. Maybe here. that guy that comes in every single day, maybe you, you want to feed him good food. Yeah, especially if he has a lot of friends. If you poison him on <laughs> yeah. purpose or by accident, he's not going to come back and his friends aren't going to come back. And, and you can't pay your bills. Right. It's just, it's common sense. And we think so much, that, no, you need government enforcement. I don't mind a backstop to check like health codes and whatnot, but the main driving force is wanting to serve people at a high quality level. Here's my one thing on those vape pens. The ones that I had a roommate that had a vape pen that was like a small box. And by small, it was a really big box. And it had mm-hmm. this like long, and then the juice cartridge and everything. Just for the record, I think those look so dumb. <laughs> when I'm driving, when I'm driving, I'm driving down 85 and I look over and this guy's just sucking on this box, this like metal box. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, just dragon smoke fills the entire car yeah. and then disappears really quickly. It's just weird. It looks weird. It, it looks dumb. Get you, get you a vape pen that's hmm. slender, uh, that looks like a cigar- cigarette or like a small cigar. Right. Those box ones, I mean, it's. Uh, I'm with you. Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. A- aesthetically, it does. That just looks you. Yeah. But here, we you don't have to take my word for it, folks. In this article, this is why this article from the Reason Foundation is so good. It's on my Facebook page. You can look me up. Joey Clark, black and white photo. I'm in a tuxedo. I'm looking good. I'm feeling good in the photo. Ladies, he is single. Yes. Yes, indeed. Go ahead and slide into those DMs. Yeah, just go ahead. 
direct messages for folks who don't know the slang. Yeah, a sliding in DM is a, a direct message. Well, and this new Facebook dating thing's up and running now for our area. What? Yeah, what? we'll have to talk about that after the break. But here, they, in this article, actually go to health professionals here in this country and all around the world. And this is where the news has been so irresponsible. Right now, Martha McCallum on Fox's effort to combat vaping crisis grows nationwide. And, like, it's just... They start off. Their default is hysteria. This is dangerous. Oh, no, what are we going to do? As opposed to going to people and making a nuanced argument. I get it. The hysterical point of view gets eyeballs and people to pay attention. That's why we're talking it about it now. It's clicks. Exactly. But, for instance, they went to a professor, Ray... Uh, Niara, College of Global Public Health at New York University. Sounds pretty legit. NYU, Global Public Health. He says, quote, It is unlikely it is e-cigarettes that have been on the market for a long time unless something has either changed or a new product was introduced into marketplaces. More likely, what's causing all these problems, these lung issues, and six deaths it's what others are saying, and people are vaping a lot of other things besides nicotine, such as synthetic cannabis. No, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Cannabis is good enough on its own. You don't need synthetic cannabis, folks. Or contaminated THC that is making an appearance and leading to these bad consequences. Dr. Sarah Jackson, she's a senior research fellow at the Tobacco and Alcohol Research Group at University College London. She says, quote, the recent cluster of vapors developing lung problems follows a decade of widespread e-cigarette use without reports of similar adverse effects. The majority of cases appear to have been vaping illicit e-liquids containing THC. E-cigarettes are the most popular quitting aid used by smokers and among the most effective. Advice to discourage people from vaping legal, regulated e-liquids appears to be unwarranted and risk pushing people back to smoking. And the list goes on and on here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. They have all these experts from all over the globe and in this country who are concerned about public health. It's their job. They're saying right now what the media and the government is doing is counterproductive. And you know what, folks? I'm not surprised at all. Maybe it's some kind of conspiracy from Big Tobacco to get people to start smoking again. That's what people are saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and Big Tobacco, apparently, now that hemp is legal, it's, it's the same thing. But I feel like they already. I feel like Big Tobacco's already got all that. They already own stock and all the other stuff. Surely right. they would. They would. But I don't know. You know, I like conspiracy theories. Well, here, Christopher Snowden, head of lifestyle economics at the Institute of Economic Affairs, he says, "Quote: The CDC is playing a dangerous game. When a bad batch of drugs appears on the streets of Britain, the police do not issue a general warning against taking drugs. Instead, they describe what the bad." batch batch looks like so that drug users can avoid it. Why? Because telling people not to take drugs doesn't work. <laughs> Shocking. There you go. Telling people to avoid a particular bunch of green ecstasy pills does, though. You're not telling people generally in a morally sort of superior way, just don't do drugs. What you're saying is, okay, I'm not trying to run your life, but if you want to live, yeah, he, don't take this particular thing. Because you could die. Right. By the same token, the CDC's policy of telling people not to vape is not only a tacit instruction to smokers to keep smoking, but is a less effective way of tackling the current spate of hospitalizations than telling people to steer clear of black market THC cartridges. There you go. Yep. There you go. It's common sense, and again, I am not surprised that the government isn't playing into common sense. They're playing 
into hysteria. Before we hit this break, let's go to the phones. News Talk, you're on there. Who's this? This is John. Hey, John, what's up? Hey, um, I caught part of your uh, uh, discussion about vaping uh, a little bit ago, and I was just wondering, I don't do this, but have anybody thought about if people are vaping because they are trying to quit smoking? what damage these people had already done to their lungs before they started vaping. None of this may have anything to do with vaping. That's, That's a, a valid point. Great but angle. No, I, yeah. I, I can't get people to listen to me if I don't get hysterical. Right. It's exactly. it's a new trend. Well, it's not really that new. You can look at the history of this country and the media. Hell yeah. It's, <laughs> it's what they do. It's what we do. I'm, I'm part of the media as well. Yeah. Um, but it's just so over the top. Well, but- but you're not part of that kind of media. True, true. Well, it's like, yeah, Susie, she's been smoking for 40 years, and she just switched to vape, and now she died. And it's like, whoa, 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 go back. <laughs> she's oh, oh, my gosh. She's you know, been smoking like, for 40 years. How, how could that have happened? That is a it's very valid point. It's magical overnight, right? Yeah. Well, and people taking over-the-counter pain pills. There are more hospitalizations, emergency room visits, and deaths than there are with vaping. Yet we're oh, not absolutely. freaking out about Tylenol. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, absolutely. I'll do a, yeah. do a dance on your kidneys. Exactly. Well, I appreciate yeah. the call, man. Anyway, That's a good thanks, angle. Thanks for what you do. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's... Um, I just try... I, I generally have the skeptical view of government, and I try not to become too skeptical where everything they say is wrong. Sure. But when sure. something... On an issue like this, I like issues like this because, number one, if the FDA goes through and gets rid of all flavored e-cigarettes, it's dumb, but it's not the end of the world. Sure. But think about how this process works, where we identify a few really terrible things, tragic things that have happened. The media picks it up. They create a moral health panic over this terrible thing that happens. Then, in the midst of this hysterical panic... They request their government leaders to do something. And even if the government leaders think, well, this is just hysterical hogwash, they're like, oh, no, but I, these people vote for me. I've got I've to do something. And now all of a sudden, legislation's passed or rules, you know, rules are in place now, and it was all over some false hysteria yes. or overreaction. And it, it happens with things much more important than vaping. That That's dangerous. It is. It's very dangerous. It's not... In a nation where we're supposed to be... Who runs the nation at the end of the day? The people. Sure. Who's the emperor, so to speak? The people. We are the, the final authority. It's a self-government, so to speak. And we're going to make wrong, destructive decisions in self-government if we continue to buy into this emotional panic and doing things like foreign policy, things like advanced, complicated health policy, education based on media outrage. It's not going to serve us well. We need to find outlets where we can actually talk these things through. Luckily, things like talk radio still exist. I'm not saying every talk radio show actually talks these things through. Of course not. Uh, but it is, I think, a much better approach than just buying in with the national story, yeah, I, I think I think talk radio um, is lends a significant hand in in delivering, um, you know, not even news but just reality. Sometimes when when the rest of the world, as I gaze up at the TV, is just so hysterical. Right. Uh, sometimes it takes just a conversation between two people and callers, and, and and to really kind of get a better angle of what's going on, minus the theatrics. Right, and not everything has a like a cut and dry side. Like for instance, I don't vape. I'll say it again. Yeah. But I could probably improve my health if I vaped instead of doing a dip. (laughs) But, you know, I'm more of a cold turkey guy, like I said. 
It'll happen. Actually, I, I think I should make a... Should this be my last can? Let's do it. Yeah. I have, what, uh, one, two, three, four... I know this is great radio. Four pouches left. You know what I did when I quit smoking? My last one. I put a pack in my nightstand, and I just knew it was there, and just knowing it was there, if I ever needed it, mm-hmm. and uh, about a year or two, two years later, I just threw it away, cause, but I always knew it was there, because you know that panic when you don't have it? And you're right. Kind of, yeah, anyway. Well, but I think this is... I'm done. Let's get healthy. Okay. All right. So uh, I'll, I'll hold you to it. All right. Thank you, Fresco. I'll be right back, folks. If you want to join in on the conversation, we're going to move to the Democratic debate here. They're about to start talking at one another. I don't want to hear about this Facebook dating something. We'll get into that, too. All here on the Joey Clark Radio Hour. Be right back. By the way, the number is 272-9228. 272-9228. Joey Clark. Macho Man's theme because really we're reacting to the vape issue as well as so many other issues with uh, what I like to call Macho Man's freak out, freak out, yeah, <laughs> sort of politics. Let's stop acting like a pain pill junkie, folks. All due respect to Macho Man. By the way, brother, like apparently uh, Macho Man actually talked like that all the time. That was his real, yeah, his real voice. Yeah, I believe it though. Apparently, you know, some of them like put it on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like Hulk Hogan can really put it on. Let me tell you yeah. something, brother. Yeah. But he, uh, Macho Man, was apparently all that way. And you know, that's kind of what I see. It's a good way for me to laugh because if I don't find a way to laugh <laughs> at the news, I'll go nuts. So I just, whenever I see all the news pundits, like the talking heads on TV with the split screens and all that, I just imagine them wearing Macho Man's outfit. Freak out, freak out. I think that's healthy. I think that's healthy. It sounds absolutely insane, but that's, I think it's healthy. It is insane. I don't, I mean, (laughs) but you have to be a little bit insane to do this uh, job. So speaking of insane, the Democrats are about to debate. And wait, 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 wait. 
Didn't they just have like a seven-hour... Oh, climate town hall. Oh, that was a town hall. Yeah, that wasn't a debate. That was just a happy talk. I told you, man, I've been out of the loop for like a week or two. So that was just a chat, a chit chat, a seven hour chit chat with uh, where Joe Biden's eyeball bled. Yeah, I got that after LASIK surgery, but that sometimes happens during LASIK because of all the pressure to secure your eyes. Because you had LASIK surgery. Right. But uh, I guess a, a seven hour town hall on climate change probably would make my eyeball bleed too well i guess he couldn't take the pressure <laughs> like he he's faltering i think unless he has a spectacular showing tonight or in a next debate i don't think joe biden is going to be the nominee or anywhere near the presidency yeah he it, well you know when we talked three four weeks ago that was the the front runner and then we've mm. seen all kinds of ups and downs so the debate though tonight is that going to be is it a split debate like that last one no or? it's the so they dropped off some of the lower percentage it's still 10 people but there's not going to be a second night. What is is, Tol- is Tulsi Gabbard going to be on there? No, gosh, she is very attractive. I guess if, she is. if I were a straight man, <laughs> Tulsi Gabbard would is would be my type. I can tell you as a straight man, Frisco, that when she put out those videos of her working out because it's good to be healthy as president. Oh uh, like, yeah, man, I want her to be president. I mean, I mean, you know, she she served for the country. She served cool. the country. You know, mm-hmm. she's just I don't know. There's. Just, yeah, she's very attractive. Though my theory that the most attractive person wins, it's going out the window. <laughs> like, because Elizabeth Warren ain't the best looking one up there. Um, not by any stretch of the imagination. Oh, Pocahontas. But it'll be Biden. Uh, he's still leading the polls, but Elizabeth Warren's almost neck and neck I with him. I saw that. I saw, you know, she jumped quite a bit. Um, yeah. She's playing the earnest card really well. Like, yeah. <laughs> We need the courage to take on Donald Trump and the corporations. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. How do you feel about um, Kamala? What's I, to quote it? Not to keep going back to wrestling, but it's just fun. <laughs> but no, that's just his life. Yeah. So. <laughs> but uh, good old Jr. Jim Ross. Yeah. He has this saying that at least I heard it from Jim. I'm sure it's just an old school Southern saying. I would say that Kamala Harris is. Uh, she's all sizzle without the steak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, no steak, all sizzle. And I think that's where she shined in that early debate. She really took it to Joe Biden. He was caught flat-footed. But in the follow-up, and on a lot of issues, she has a good little, you know, zinger or soundbite. Well, she had a she had a recent gaffe, I think, that kind of ticked a lot of people off, which I think she used the word... Somebody said something about calling Donald Trump mentally retarded, and she, mm. she said something... And I don't want to misquote it, but it was along the lines of, ha-ha, yeah, that's a good one, or something. Right. Uh, and for the party of political correctness. Well, and some people are trying now to make retarded the R-word um, yeah. in the same way. The N-word is really the N-word. You know how there's a difference? I actually said retarded. No, I don't go around calling people I dislike or I find sure. even dumb. I don't use that word regularly. Because sure. I get that there are people with all sorts of mental challenges yeah, and yeah, handicaps yeah. and whatnot. Uh, but it, this is the thing. Anytime you start using a clinical word for a certain type of, like, and for instance, it used to be somebody who was mentally handicapped. Uh, well, mentally retarded was was, was a, a clinical, clinical term. term. Yes. Before that, it, what was it? Mongoloid idiot. Was that the the, the 1800s? Yeah, a long time ago. Yeah. So that's now, idiot's just a regular insult. Yeah, yeah. For somebody who is truly dumb or somebody who I just don't like. Yeah, it was a derogatory (laughs) hit at um, a... uh, 
multi-billionaire businessman who won an election in his first political race ever. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? It, it was what kind of, a moron. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, what a but, so, so tonight there's, what, eight of them on the stage? Uh, let's ten, see. Eight, uh, ten. Let's, let's double check. I thought it was ten, but let's double check. Democratic debate... Stage. Uh, well, let's see. I may t- I may tune into this one tonight. I don't know. Yeah, it's... I think I'm, I'm going to be up bright and early tomorrow talking about it. So I definitely yeah. am going to watch. Uh, here's the lineup from the New York Times. Well, hold on now. The old gray lady. <laughs> well, they can at least get this crap right. Uh, let's see. The top ten candidates in the race. The lineup. Okay, we have former vice president... Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. Whoa, whoa, whoa. His middle name's Robinette? Yeah. Joseph R. Biden? I I thought it was a joke. It's Robinette? Yeah. Okay. Let me double check that because I'm not wanting to tell any tales out of school here. No, no, no. Even if that's wrong, that's it in my mind now. (laughs) Let's see. Let's see here. Yes. Yeah. I just looked it up. Joseph Rabinette Biden Jr. So you mean mean to tell me like Barack Obama was like the Batman and he was the Robinette? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Well, and the fact that he's a junior, and I didn't know that's like his dad had Robinettes. And was like, hey, it didn't bother me. And I always, whenever I talk about Joe Biden, I'm so tempted. Uh, My old roommate and I, Sean, used to have this like old woman voice (laughs) who could probably have used some vaping products before the cigarettes (laughs) took over. But I just always imagine somebody like that going, oh, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., you're such a strapping young man. You tell those dastardly Republicans to keep their hands off my Medicare. (laughs) And and why don't you be a doll, Joe, and uh, go get me some cigarettes. Oh, God, you're making my eyes bleed. Hold back, please. (laughs) Menthols before you ban them. Oh, my God. But yeah, Joe Biden. Joseph Robinette. Biden. Elizabeth Warren. Okay. Bernie Sanders of Vermont. <laughs> you know, we have common sense gun. We, okay. have, we have hunters in Vermont. So far, cast the cartoon gun. characters. All right. Who's next? Uh, we have all sizzle and no steak, Senator Kamala Harris. Yeah. Uh, Mayor Pete Buttigieg. Yep. I, you know, I've got a lot of my gay friends are just all excited because they're, I guess, into identity politics. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've, I, I genuinely don't know much about him, and I ask them because I really I really want to learn, and uh, they don't know either. He's okay. <laughs> At first, I liked him just as a guy, but like he's done this weird angle, uh, and I don't think it's working for him. But he's done this weird angle because he he takes his faith really seriously, yeah, his, his religiosity, but he's using it as a political weapon. Where he's trying to call out conservatives as hypocrites. He also did this whole thing where it was like he had some hardships being gay, or his or his husband did, and then like mm-hmm. the siblings came out saying, "No, nah, we were all pretty cool with it." Uh, he's doing. He kind of made that up, <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was proven wrong. Yeah, yeah, and so it's. I don't know. I don't think. I think it's like a first run. I don't think he's going to be. Well, VP no. I, or well, one hundred percent, he won't. And and there's a whole demographic of people that definitely will not vote for him. Well, and I just don't understand. Uh, like his going so hard at conservatives over religious language. Like what he's doing, he's criticizing conservatives for using religious appeals and language. By then making his own religious appeals and using religious language. This is a little practice run. He's got training wheels on. Yeah. He's having fun. He won a little mayor election, and now he gets his name out there. And you know, right. and I think I think I think people put money behind him um, because um, I don't know why. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. Now, the next person on this list is somebody I genuinely would love to sit down and have a, a conversation with. Don't agree with him on everything, but that's Andrew Yang. Did he, didn't he do like a crowd surf thing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's I, got, he's got a weird sort of just common man charisma to him. And I've seen several interviews. I think even though he's had the least amount of speaking time at past debates, he's had some of the best lines of the debates. For instance, he's like, uh, and it's, whether you agree with him or not, I just thought this was a brilliant line. He said, folks, what we need now is the opposite of Donald Trump. And what's the opposite of Donald Trump if it's not an Asian man who likes math? <laughs> I was like, okay, that's really just, it's a deadpan, good delivery. It's memorable. Um, and his, his freedom dividend, is he calling it, a universal basic income. I'm, if it's a replacement for the current welfare state, I'm somewhat interested. I'm interested in learning about it. But, yeah, uh, but I'm, I'm like government in general. I just saw an article that what he's basing the government program for a freedom dividend, a thousand dollars a month to everybody. Oh, it's that guy. Yeah, yeah. Ah, yeah. He's uh, he's basing off of programs that have done this, but all these programs that have given people a basic income, they're all privately run. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think interesting. It, I, yeah, I don't think it would work on that scale. Yeah. And I'll be honest right now, if everyone um, got that $1,000, um, my particular business, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and charge you $1,000 because <laughs> I, I know you got it. I'm just letting you know. That's fun. That's a lot of fun. Okay, also, uh, no, but Andrew Yang is in the sixth position. That's what's amazing to me. He's, his story's cool in the sense that he started as a no-name in yeah. politics and now he's already in number six of all the folks out there, ahead of currently sitting senators. So after that, is, that yeah, that's pretty. Cory Booker, for instance, can't stand him. I can't stand Cory Booker. Have we? Is it? Is it public? I mean, he is. He is gay, right? I have no clue. I, I've heard some stories. I've heard some. Uh, there was a male male prostitute, but he's married. That, that, well, Joey, so <laughs> we'll talk off air. But uh, no, I'm actually, um, I'm actually just being right. facetious. But I think he's I think he's gay. Fair enough. I'll, I'll leave that to you. Um, Amy Klobuchar of Minnesota, who actually seems like a nice enough person, has a little bit of common sense. But President Klobuchar, <laughs> yeah, I, I can't, I can't. <laughs> President Klobuchar, and that image of her announcing in the snow. Oh yeah, uh, I'm like, uh, was it? Was she the one who did the climate change? Uh, she yeah. was announcing and had this really deep climate change discussion while it was pouring. No, it was global warming. What she was talking about while it was snowing on her. Right, and all the thing because this is again my insane brain. I, I saw her at announcing the snowflakes falling, and I'm hearing like Princess. Sometimes it snows in April. <laughs> I'm thinking about a song about death, and like just your campaign is dying right yeah. on the vine, Amy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then oh. The Who's, last two, who, who are both from uh, from Texas, uh, Beto, Beto, what a joke. We have so Beto and Cory Booker kind of sound alike. We we have to address the white supremacy in this country and the racist in the White House. Okay, Robert Francis. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need, we don't even have to dig into that one. And then uh, rounding out the top ten here, Julian Castro. Yeah. Who's made the decriminalizing crossing the border a big part of his platform, even though, even amongst, say, you know, because it's racist to enforce the border. Um, but even among people of color, support for enforcing the border 
is sixty-seven percent. Yeah, only there's no only thirty-three percent of people of color, just identifying them, want to decriminalize crossing the border illegally. So it's funny how that works. I guess so. That sixty-seven percent of people of color are all racist too. They've just internalized the white patriarchy. (laughs) Like, just give me a break. But you know what? I don't think I don't think these people look at those those facts. What I've been actually what I've noticed too with a a family member of mine who is a raging liberal. (laughs) When I uh, when I do present facts, it I get I get slapped with. The, the fake news, like, back at me, like, oh, well, you started the, the fake news. You always say, my stuff's fake news, well, that's fake news. And I'm just like, no, 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 you can't. No, this is a, this is a fact. This is, this is, no, no. Where are you getting your sources from? Well, you know, and, oh, Fox News? Oh, no, no, of course it is Fox. And it's like, right, well, right. well, no, I don't, I don't only watch Fox. I mean, I've literally, it's being reported all over. Um, but, yeah, it's. Yeah, it's rough. I mean, partisanship, I think, is, um, there's a role for it. Politics is a. Well, just shy of a blood sport. I think it is. It's a fight. But I think that's why uh, it it piques your interest though so much as a big uh, wrestling fan. <laughs> Fair enough. But you because you, you also you're not like this wrestling fan that like thinks that they're actually like no. fighting. You know, you know, you it's you you understand that it's like a theatrical performance, right? And and very much similar to wrestling politics is very much a theatrical performance mm-hmm. you don't think these people have streams of communication with each other and have strategies and do. have you know this is this, which makes it exciting when you look at it like that like you and I can can watch this like a wrestling match right. and, and talk about it and, well, it my, and to do this in two minutes one of my favorite essays of all time look it up folks by H.O. Minkin called The Politician and he goes on and on but it starts with this guy who's going to tell the truth on the campaign trail he's not going to make any promises he can't keep he's not going to overstate problems so he becomes the champion to solve them blah 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 but as he starts going and this is back in the 20s so he's doing the whistle stop he's on the trains and as he's blasting this common sense it just falls on deaf ears whereas his opponent starts promising heaven and earth to all the poor farmers of the country and so seeing that he's losing to this he starts blasting the same hooey to the uh, common folks and one night after he's given one of these ridiculous speeches that he said he'd never do somebody presses him on it and says i mean don't you know what you're promising these people could never be accomplished don't you know what you said is just factually untrue blah 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 and he said actually in the premise of that question i totally agree but you are not a president for the or candidate to be the president of the united states i am and he gets up and Leaves and one of his aides, after he leaves, looks at the guy who asked him the question and says, "Well, the moral of the story, in other words, when the water reaches the upper decks, follow the rats." That's politics. It, it's messy. Even people with the best of intentions have to end up realizing, "Oh, this is kind of an emergency. I got to do what I got to do yep. in order to win the day." And the hope is you don't lose your uh, soul and your sense of proportion in the process. But we'll see. Because these days, it truly is freak out, freak out, freak out politics going on. Hysteria. Ron, it's not hysteria. It's very dangerous for the children, Fisca. It's very dangerous. All these flavored e I mean, what sort of a grown man would want to smoke, like, cherry vapor? Like, that's obviously for little, little boys, all right? Folks, if you smoke flavored e-cigarettes, this is President Trump here, you're just wrong. You're wrong. We got to save the children. So I'm going to treat you like children. All right. God, you got to love the president sometimes. I just love your impression of him. 
I'll be back tomorrow night, folks. Thanks is it, for listening. Isn't Halloween coming up? <laughs> yeah. I, I, got, I got an idea for you. Okay. Thanks, Frisco.